Welcome to On Culture. On this podcast, we talk about culture and faith and the world and our place in it. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work and explore all of our content on our website, theembassy.substack.com. Here's Mike. And we are off again on another episode of On Culture. On Culture is the podcast of the Embassy newsletter, theembassy.substack.com. I'd uh, love to have you join uh, there. Plenty of free content, and there always will be. Uh, we talk about the intersection of faith and culture. Joined today by Brad Aslan. Brad's pastor at Calvary Church here in the uh, St. Peter's Mo uh, area. Hi, Brad. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, and we're going to jump into this topic of honoring fathers and mothers, uh, in particular when that's difficult and sort of related to the whole, uh, I think, trend that's been recognized as a trend of family estrangement uh, mm-hmm. that we have we've seen uh, among really largely people of not exclusively, but largely people of about your age with respect to their parents um, mm-hmm. and dealing with the, the various issues uh, of their, of their upbringing. And I want to start with uh, a, uh, you know, what sort of, um, you know, kicks off my post. And I, I've been thinking about this and reading about it uh, in the last couple of years, because it's certainly been a trend, but I came across this, this uh, t- this tweet uh, a while back. It's April, April of this year, and uh, the tweet is: "Haven't talked to my dad in years, but knew he was sick. Googled his name and found out he died three weeks ago, and no one told me." LMAO, mm-hmm. what a world! So, uh, what do you? Th- I mean, what do you? What's your response? When you read that, what is what is what goes on in your mind and your emotions and your heart when you look at that tweet? Yeah, I mean the, I mean probably the clearest response is just how tragic, right? How yeah. tragic uh, that that somebody would would not know. I mean, I guess they knew that their dad was sick, but they didn't they didn't know that he that he died. Like, um. I don't know. Yeah, it's not he, supposed he to be dies. that way. He dies. There's a memorial service. There's yeah, but then an that announcement, that, he's buried. And then yeah, you know, so there's, two weeks yeah, later, there's you the, find out. Right. Yeah. So it's not like it's just, oh, he died. We're done. But like, I mean, three weeks after all of the ceremony that would have, you know, gone hand in hand with, with death, at least how we handle that culturally, would have already taken place. Um, and the fact that then they go to social media to, and their response is just LMAO, what a world! Like, obviously they're they're trying to make a, a value statement or a, they're they're trying to say something um, by making light of it. My my guess is they probably had family put some memorial or information or service stuff on social media too. So I I don't know. I guess my my first response is. Yeah, this is tragic. My second response is, hmm, is this actually what happened? Or are you mm. just trying to like identify, I don't know, Well, I think back on the situation you're in? I, I think <clears throat> that, I mean, I included one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven replies that were basically echoing his situation 
that it, mm. that had happened to them or it would happen to them. And mm. I, I think it just indicates a completely profound break. Of, yeah. I mean, that's a profound estrangement. That's not boundaries. You know, that's yeah. not, uh, you know, we don't talk much or when we do, we just keep it to whatever, or, you know, that is a profound break. And you see that in some of the, uh, Mm-hmm. You know, some responses. of the replies, one, re- one response is speaking about social media. I went to delete Facebook last month and had a message that my mom had died two months prior. Still hasn't really mm. sunk in. Sorry for your loss. Mm. Where, I mean, those are just profound. They're, they're not, again, it's not just. It's not your normal. Right. We don't talk about this with our parents or yeah. I don't see them that often because of this or like there's a kind of a dead to you almost ring might as well be a stranger uh, might as well i mean it, they are fully and completely estranged mm-hmm. and you know there's a cohort of people that that is not super uncommon because you mm. know this popped up in their feed and uh and mm. then you know one cohort leads to another uh and you know i don't know any of the situations i'm not saying you know perhaps there's a just a completely you know evil person with whom you you do need some sort of complete break uh i just am questioning whether that's um it, whether that whether we're going to that solution perhaps a little a little too often uh, mm-hmm. and i don't i don't want to be critical of anybody who has come to that place. Cause I don't know the situation, but my part, part of me wants to just say, Hmm, I, I, did, I don't know. I don't know that that what I'm reading from these sons and daughters, adult sons and daughters is mm-hmm. not happiness. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's they're sad. They're, 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 mm-hmm. so that's kind of where I'm coming from. Just kind of want to process through, you know, uh, is this happening too often or is it happening? It is happening more often than it used to. Why is that? And what do we think about it? And, you know, what do we think about it? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it is happening more, you know, than, it, than we used to for probably a variety of reasons. I mean, one, just culturally speaking, we, we live in, you know, we're more of a transient society. Um, you don't have to, stay in the same town that you grew up in um, where, you know, you wouldn't be blindsided by this information because you'd run into somebody who has a relational, you know, connection. And, um, you know, so with people moving uh, for work, with people not being grounded in one place, um, it can happen more. Uh, I, I would say that the, what leads to it, the emotional distance between people, um, because you can be estranged, physically or you can be estranged you know emotionally you know you look at man the number of 30 year olds that are living in their parents basements right now um for a variety of reasons like i'm not saying that they're any more estranged or less estranged but like they might be just as emotionally estranged from the parents as the person who you know moves to the other side of the country and doesn't even you know talk or reach out or you know see their 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 parents again so I don't know. I, I think so. That's that's one thing. I think you know we're seeing more people move, um, but yeah, that emotional distance between people is probably 
something that's always been there. There's just less structure in place to, um, I don't know, require the, the, the natural follow-up that, that would happen mm-hmm. otherwise. Well, that's a good point. I mean, a couple of good points there. Yeah, it can happen more, more often, more frequently when you, you know, uh, two, three, four, 500 years ago and, and before you probably lived relatively close, you know, mm-hmm. in a geographic sense with your family of origin and you couldn't, you couldn't, I mean, you could cut off from them, but not to the mm-hmm. extent that you didn't know if they were alive or dead. That, that wasn't probably possible. Um, you know, I, I, it does, it is definitely happening more. Uh, there, this says, uh, you know, this guy that study it, uh, Dr. Carl Pilmer, uh, more than a quarter of Americans are currently estranged from a close relative, which, which translates to approximately 68 million Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think it's not, is it, it never happened before, but it's certainly happening more. It can happen mm-hmm. more. It is sort of an interesting dichotomy that you talk about that's happening more and 30 year olds living with their parents is happening more. Both of those things, <laughs> probably not super awesome or super, super mm-hmm. awesome indicators of what, what should be happening. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I do think there is a, you know, there's a movement towards boundaries and I do mm-hmm. say in my own, you know, situation, I didn't have a great relationship with my father. Uh, but the idea of like totally cutting myself off to where I wouldn't know if he was alive, uh, it honestly never occurred to me. Uh, I also think families were larger in the past, my family was larger. And so you have more siblings. Some of somebody's going mm-hmm. to tell you something. So, you know, that might speak to this as well. Um, but it didn't, it hmm, didn't occur to point. me, right. It didn't occur to me that that's something I should do. And it's probably true that in the past there weren't enough boundaries. Sometimes, you know, you had perhaps unhealthy relationships that were damaging to these adult children uh, with parents that were, you know, manipulative or mm-hmm. narcissistic or whatever. Uh, and there wasn't enough boundaries, perhaps. Uh, it does seem like the pendulum has swung too far for some people in the other direction, mm-hmm. where the moment I perceive that my parents have damaged me in some way, for some people, I'm just, I'm going all the way to estrangement. Uh, and I don't, like, I don't know you know, what the right mix is for everybody. I do think that's an interesting question to like, what is the right boundary level? What is the right level of differentiation, healthy Mm -hmm. differentiation between you and your parents that you're an adult now, you know, they're not dominating your life, uh, but they're part of your life. You're not triggered by everything they say. Uh, Because part of it, that is like, if I'm triggered by everything my, my father did, in some sense, that's on me because he's just him. And I, you know, I can't, uh, I can't expect him to adapt himself. You know, I can't expect him to do the healthy thing. And so I have to figure out how do I deal with being in a relationship with an unhealthy person? All I'm saying kind of is, I think that's what everyone has to do to some degree because nobody's completely healthy and nobody has a completely healthy relationship with their parent. Yeah we're all fallen. It just doesn't exist. Uh, so I don't know what you think. Well, of, I mean, and no I one... do think, I do think for my generation, it wouldn't even occur to me. I do think for your generation, I think we know people who are at least in this conversation of 
what kind of relationship should I have with my parents? Because they not just drive me crazy, they make me feel crazy. And how much of that is healthy? And that's a conversation that does happen among, you know, 30 something married people or single people. Yeah, I think, you know, and also, you know, what level of emotional relationship do you have with yourself? Right? Like, because, because that plays too. Yeah, I think there, man, Mike, there's a lot that you just said there that, you know, each of those points could probably be a podcast or a, a post on its own. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I also think, you know, we live in a culture too, where like we, we go to the extreme on everything where, so I think that also plays into the, well, estrangement doesn't just necessarily happen. It's, it, there's almost like a, a, a value or like a, a virtue in pursuing that as the option when boundaries should probably be the option. And again, we're, we're making, you know, blanket. Yeah, it's an overgeneralization, but that's, I think, so there's something there. So what do you mean by there, there's almost a value or virtue in pursuing the extreme? Yeah. So, so I think there's a, yeah, there's a natural tendency um, as, you know, individuals hit adolescence and then um, into adulthood of moving away from your parents. Like that's a, I mean, that's a biblical mm -hmm. thing, mm -hmm. um, but it's also, right. we're, you know, we're hardwired to do that. And so you see that in the church world, you see individuals choosing different churches because they don't want to just be at their parents' mm -hmm. church. Um, you see oftentimes, um, you know, adult kids make uh, political decisions, right, right. that are different right. from, you know, family of origin. And so I do think that like the <clears throat> the um, the estrangement thing might be the like gross extreme of that of I'm just rejecting everything that my parents are and I'm going to do that through you know this um, but you know I think of like everything in society has become so dichotomized um, you like this or you don't like this this is the enemy this is you know the the hero and like because we play in this, we, we naturally will put our parents into the, the villain category. And then we, you know, seek the, the other. Um, and I think that that results in at least this natural tendency for estrangement as well. Yeah. I do think, you know, you mentioned a couple things there that I think are key, the polarization, polarizing world that we live in, uh, I do think that plays out in all all sorts of settings. I mean, I read a number of articles uh, over the past couple of years, past probably, uh, well, since twenty, you know, twenty seventeen, um, of friends basically unfriending people, like twenty year friendships end because this person made some political statement that they didn't agree with. And that's just it. Mm -hmm. That's just, we're mm -hmm. out. And it was presented as a, uh, a, a virtue uh, marker that I'm cleansing myself of the impurity of your, of your friendship mm -hmm. because you, you know, you're on the other side of the political divide. And certainly I do think that does play out in families and that might be part of what goes on here as well. Well, so, COVID is a classic example, right? I mean, how how many families have become estranged just because of you know stances on on COVID, uh, willingness to get vaccinated or not as a prerequisite for you know uh, grandparents seeing their yeah visiting their, and their you grandkids. know right yep yeah right right and you know that is uh, that is a two way street for sure uh, and I would say I, I don't I don't want to give the impression that it is the 
adult children that always are the uh, agents of estrangement, but it is totally statistically more way more often than the other way around. Yeah. Um, you know, there is a sort of stereotypical, you know, it's probably a couple of decades ago of some kid comes out to his parents and the parents kick him out or some, a girl mm-hmm. gets pregnant and the parents kick that, uh, that sort of thing of course does happen. Uh, and that's always happened and that's, that's a different tragedy. Yeah. But what's been more recent is this, you know, what we're talking about. And I do think this polarizing world, uh, that is dividing us on church levels and then, you know, uh, cultural levels and uh, also is dividing us to family levels. The sort of vir- virtue of victimization plays. So there's one uh, sort of I'm cleansing myself. There's a virtuous act of I'm not associating with you because I now perceive you as racist or sexist or uh, particularly some particular uh, label that, you know, all of those people I'm, I'm reading myself from. Um, but I also think there seems to be a much more openness to, uh, you know, in a sense, we're almost competing for, uh, uh, you know, competing in the, in the avenue of harm, you know, done to us that, that, uh, you know, I want to, there's some sort of virtue in that as well. And that sort of, it's like the cancel culture playing out in a family setting. You've now Mm -hmm. crossed this line and literally the they're canceled. I mean, mm-hmm. that's it. it's like the death penalty, you know, no contact uh, whatsoever. Um, and I, what, I guess all of that is to some extent understandable. I probably, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, but I, I, what I'm sensing in all of these communications and social media is there is pain that goes with that. Not just the pain yeah. of the person being cut off. But there is pain in the person who is who cuts themselves off. It's not, it's not a pain-free solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I would, you know, if I was, you know, in a sense, counseling someone or somebody, I, I would, you know, if you have a lot of anger towards person X, uh, it's much better to work that anger out relationally to yeah. get on the other side of it. Just cutting them off doesn't. You're still angry. And in fact, it almost freezes it into place. Uh, and then I wonder then, are you, is your perspective even uh, like you're now committed to your anger as a justification? There is one uh, quote from mm-hmm. an article in New York Times uh, article. Uh, you know, I have someone out to get me and it's my mother. My part of being a good mom has been getting my son away from mine. Mm-hmm. And of course, I don't know anybody's situation. The mother could be horrible. Um, and that actually might be the right solution. I just think that right solution is pretty rare, but I, what I also say is that is a person who's pretty committed to the, the rightness of that position. And it doesn't seem to me there's any way towards any sort of even considered reconciliation without a change of perspective there. Like they're, they're committed to their anger. They're committed to the harm. You're committed to the narrative. The breaks happened. It, it, it seems like they're setting themselves up to have one of these experiences at some point where they find out they delete the Facebook and find out their mother, you know, died two months ago. Um, and I just always question the, you know, the health of emotionally committing yourself to a position in that, in that strong way that um, are you really open to, 
are you really open to uh, the truth here? Or have you sort of decided so that you don't have to process it anymore? But of course, that's not working. You're still processing it. Yeah, no, I think that's, you know, all of that. Um, something I'd written down a little bit ago is just like culturally or societally, we've just lost the ability to have conversations with people um, that might cause us future pain or hurt. So we just avoid them. Um, we've lost the ability to have conversations with people who have different opinions or experiences than we do. And mm -hmm. I, I think that that definitely, you know, plays um, here as well. The other thing I was thinking about while you were, you were talking, um, I wonder what the relationship between, right? We see this, this other trend of like um, the systemic, you know, adolescent abandonment um, amongst young people. Um, you know, this is something that researchers have looked at for 30 years now as, as families became uh, dual income. Um, you saw just a lot of adolescents become, you know, functionally abandoned. Um, I, I wonder if there is a correlation between those two as we're seeing those adolescents grow up into adulthood and now we're seeing them choose estrangement. Is that a, a response to, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that other trend? Yeah, and that's kind of what I mean. Like, it, you <clears throat> could have really legitimate reasons to be angry. Yeah. I just don't think this is going to fix it. Um, yeah. And I, and I don't, you know, one of the things that struck me as I've gotten older is just how, you know, like it or not, how interconnected we become and how interwoven we are to where at some point this particular woman is going to have to explain to her, her son why the son never sees grandma. Mm -hmm. And at some point, the son's going to be old enough to decide for himself whether that explanation is legitimate mm -hmm. and might decide it's not. And that, you know, and that might, you know, further the cycle of you've wronged me by robbing me of a relationship with this person just because you had issues, blah, 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 blah. And I just kind of see no end to it. Um, that, as you mm -hmm. said, unless we're willing to be in the presence of other people that have harmed us, have conversations, offer grace, have healthy boundaries, have healthy differentiation, mm -hmm. we're just probably going to keep this cycle of I'm going to, you hurt me. I'm, you're bad. I got the virtuous thing. The right thing is to cut myself off, which is probably just going to lead to more in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think people, you don't realize, you know, you were a kid once and you grew up and now you make all these decisions. Mm -hmm. You don't realize, you realize that, but you don't emotionally realize it that yeah. like now now my kids are your age and they're they're adults making their own decisions you don't realize oh yeah that's gonna happen like at some point mm -hmm. i'm gonna stop interpreting this world to the kids yeah. and they're gonna decide and i i just wonder if this is not just seeding more family break in the future yeah no i i think so um yeah, and then the other another thing I was just thinking about too was um, kind of going back to the the cultural virtue signaling. Uh, you know, the person who puts the thing out on Twitter because I, I don't know their motivation, right? But mm -hmm. but maybe there's some there's they're they're feeling some value, you know, in in it. Um, you don't you don't put the thing on Twitter when oh you know what my dad and I were having a 
a rough spot. I drove over to his house, had a conversation, and we're still not great, but we're at least moving mm-hmm. in a direction, in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Like, that just doesn't, it doesn't have the same zip, doesn't accomplish the same thing. You know, LMAO, what a, what a world. Like, I don't know. Yeah. No, that's right. I do think there's something there. There's a community there, his community, uh, that, and I'm not, you know, everyone who has Friendsgiving isn't in the same boat, but this trend of, you know, identifying with friends and mm-hmm. then disassociating with parents, like there's a, there's a new community, his community is, I guess, is on, you know, partly on Twitter. Uh, and yeah. he did get, I mean, he did get, you know, responses for sure. Um, so yeah, I, the other thing that makes me, I mean, I think about the parents in this situation, some of whom, you know, if you read about this topic, there are some who, you know, they there's a tragedy there where, you know, they perhaps realize they've been imperfect, but now feel like they're in purgatory and can't get out. There's nothing that they can do. Mm-hmm. You know, any approach is viewed as a as a boundary breakage. There's really nothing you, mm-hmm. they can do. Uh, and so there's that sort of sadness of a parent who can't, you know, is cut off from their children, grandchildren and can't do anything about it. There's also a sense in some cases of a parent who just is appears completely clueless about the possibility that they might have harmed their child, their child. There's a, and then they tend to gaslight, you know, these adult children, Mm -hmm. like, what are you talking about? You had an awesome childhood. We gave you everything. We took you on vacations. You went to the best schools I drove you everywhere, blah, 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 blah. Uh, As if, you know, the child being the object of the, you know, the focus of the parent, the opposite of the abandonment, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, uh, you know, that therefore was a good experience because the parent thinks it's a good experience. Then it was a good experience for the child. And that then the adult child does feel completely like gaslit into mm-hmm. like almost crazy making like, well, wait, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it was better than I thought where I do, I do think if you're one of these parents, you have harmed your children. There's there's no way around it. And so when they come to you to express some harm, you have to, you know, listen to that and try to hear what they're saying and not be, you know, not ga- don't gaslight them into saying that's not even possible. Like you are so lucky to have me as a parent. I can't even believe, you know, <laughs> what you're saying here uh that's a bit of an overstatement but that's sort of the feel that i think some some of the parents get like we did everything which of course might have been part of the problem uh from the you know from the child's point of view um so that's one thing i would say to parents and i would say to young people who are parents you know get get ready you know i mean if you have a good enough relationship with your children at some point they will express some level of something that you're going to have to own you know, you know, it won't mm-hmm. be easy. Uh, and so I do think that does contribute to this trend is, you know, if you want to call them millennial, you know, uh, millennial people who are more aware of boundaries and more aware of healthy boundaries, and then boomers who are just offended by the very idea that they might need, a, that somebody might need to enforce a boundary with them. That's just a bad mix. Yeah, it takes two to tango, right? I mean, all relationships. Yeah. It's it's a two way thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I would imagine there probably isn't. There probably is. You know, the first communication is not estrangement. There's probably some uh, 
desire to express some of these things probably in most cases. And so, um, and so that's all I, I don't, I asked the question, you know, with a reference to my own father in, in the piece and what does it mean mm-hmm. to honor your father and mother, you know, and there's this promise, there's sort of a societal promise uh, that I guess it has a warning inherent. Like if we just stop honoring fathers and mothers, that's going to be bad for society. That's the implied that if you honor your father and mother, it will go well with you collectively, not just yet, not uh-huh. every single person individually, but collectively, this is a good thing. <clears throat> and I just wonder, you know, I, it seems like it's not a good thing if we all just decide we don't have to do that, even though, yeah, it's hard to do that in some cases. And I don't even know what that means for some people. Yeah. It's such an interesting, you know, command for us to look at right now. Right. Cause we're not, we're not an honor shame culture. Um, and, and so even that word, like, what does it mean to honor someone? Uh, seems real, like, I don't know, abstract too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I am called, right? Everyone who's who I'm in relationship with, like there's responsibilities that exist in relationships, uh, whether you like it or not. And I do have a responsibility to honor my parents, um, even as adult. You know, that's not just mm-hmm. a, a command for children, um, you know, when they're little. That's a that's a command that still applies to me today right. and, and, and right. probably still applies to my parents um yeah. today. Um even though they're you know, my grandparents have all passed away. Um, mm-hmm. We're still in relationship and other people are in, in relationship to those people as well. Yeah. So I guess we'll leave it with that question uh, to ponder for all of us. What does it mean for me, for us to honor father and mother? Uh, and even, even in the case of like my case where my parents have, have been mm-hmm. dead for a while. Um, what does that mean? And what should it mean? And how do we, help people do that when that's really difficult uh and mm-hmm. maybe the honoring is as limited as is it, it could be and and just avoiding dishonoring maybe is is all we can do um so we'll just leave it with that question um and i can't answer that question for you but i think it's probably healthy for us to ponder uh when you know where this is father's day week we're gonna uh, i think run this and you know not everybody has a great experience on father's day Mm -hmm. or or maybe people feel like they have to pretend they have an experience they don't have and you know i want to hear i hear those people uh i hear you i see you and yet uh, i think it's a good question for us all to ponder Um, so we'll leave it there thanks for joining us thanks brad yep and uh we'll see you next time uh on on culture check out the embassy the embassy.substack com and uh, also you can check out uh, my resource page uh, embassyequipping.com uh, as uh, as I'm attempting to give uh, uh, cultural engagement and leadership development resources for churches and other organizations so check us out there and thanks for being here see you next time you've been listening to on culture a podcast of the embassy newsletter have a question send it to the embassy at substack.com And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.